I hate feet. You know, I don't, everyone's like asked me like why I hate feet. And I think, I don't know why I hate them, but they, they're, some people have scary toes. Are you listening to me? Mm-hmm. I felt And um, what the reaction I have to other people's feet makes me not want my feet to be shown because I don't want anyone else to have that reaction to my feet, even though I think my feet are nice. Does that make sense? Yes. I think that is a, I think what's happened is you're pr- projecting I do project. on yourself a fear that project. you have. Yes. Because I don't like, well, because I, I have like, friends. I don't like feet that are dirty. No, and my feet are never dirty. But They're like always pedicured. If if your feet are taken care of, then there's nothing but wrong I've with showing them. But I have friends that are like, my feet are so cute. And I'm like, no, they're not. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. What if I think my feet are cute? I think you also tend to like hyper focus on things. I do, but I do so, need some more money, so I might do footfinder.com. Oh, actually, honestly, are we recording? Uh, <laughs> oh, we're Sick. recording. Perfect. Sick. Hi, everyone. Sick. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to my worst fear and the podcast. <laughs> I just old man laughed so hard, <laughs> so breathy. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Well, shoot. You know what? Taryn and I might end up doing some foot content I just, I just, in the near future. You know, we are in a recession. We are Things in a are recession. Things are changing. Things are changing. Like, I'm just, I'm, I am genuinely curious if I could make money doing it. No, you and, can't. No, it's, you don't have to be curious. It's a thing. Like, people do. Should we just go home and start our accounts right now? Okay, but like, what am I going to tell my tax guy? You don't have to tell anyone. He's like, Taryn. <laughs> You don't have to tell I anyone. just got this 1099 from. <laughs> well, we fine. We tell the tax guy, but no one else needs to know until we like figure it out. Okay, you know? but we are also talking to millions right now, Ash. Trillions. Trillions. We wish. Manifesting. <laughs> Hi, guys. Uh, Hi, everyone. <laughs> I'm Taryn. I'm Ashley. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Unsolicited Advice, where we yes, advise you on your life and all the things that you need advice on. Yes. And uh, <laughs> we talk about possibly starting <laughs> some. Uh, Hi, Foot Dad. Content. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, so this morning I was gonna like record a story and just like my initial how I was gonna open it is I was gonna be like, "What up, hoes?" And then I instantly just imagined my dad watching that and me saying to my father, "What up, ho?" And I got so scared, so I deleted it. I started over from the top. I. <laughs> it's funny to me 
how much your dad specifically affects the content you put out oh, and how little absolutely. I think of my parents who also watch everything I yeah, post. I don't think you a know, thing about them. You know my dad <laughs> and you cannot tell me that if my dad was your dad, you would not be the same. You know what's hilarious? Uh, Mr. E follows me too and I don't think about that. Like it's not something I it's, think about. But he has no power over you. <laughs> he yeah. likes you. Yeah. I, he likes me too. <laughs> but like he still has... He looks at me with that look, and I'm instantly four years old again, and I'm like, yeah. I'm so sorry. He does have a look. He has a look. He does have a look. He has a look of power. It's so funny. Like, the way I respond to my dad, you would think he, like, beat me with a stick growing up. Like, he's never laid a hand on me, never, like, cussed at me, nothing. But, like, there's his look. Mm. Could kill. It's like a superpower. Could kill. Yeah. My poor, whoever I date next, all the guys I've, like, liked that met my dad were terrified of him. Mm-hmm. Terrified, as I should be. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you guys remember, but in the last episode, I said that there was something I meant to share with you guys, and it was about a mystery ring. Good job. Did you look at your notes or you just remembered? One, I just remembered. Two, I wrote it down this morning. I'm honestly um, impressed. Because I had some right time now. to like sit down and like wow, wow. plan my day out. But also, you guys, you guys, the listeners didn't let me forget the amount of people that DM'd me thinking I was getting proposed to or something like that because I said mystery <laughs> ring. Um, you didn't specify like the gender yeah, of the ring. They were Not like, that rings have genders, but you know what I mean. Uh, kind of. Some of them do. <laughs> um, they were like, spill the tea. Like, what's going on? So um, I am so excited to I'm tell you. start just being like, everyone remind me I have a doctor's appointment Tuesday at 2.45. <laughs> Yeah. And then just see, like, a maybe that'll be my messages. next thing. Yeah. I do have a doctor's appointment at 245 <laughs> on Tuesday, tomorrow. Perfect, perfect, perfect. <laughs> well, the funniest thing happened. Um, this was last week. My boyfriend was over, and we were having a full-on, like, TV day on the couch, not moving, eating from the couch, like, just, like, full lounge, lazy day, day watching TV. And it's, like, towards the end, we have, like, two more episodes that we had to catch up on, I think, for shrinking and I, I like get up, we both get up and move to like take Chloe out and then like grab some coffee or whatever. And something about my couch is like the cushions shift sometimes. Yeah. So you have to like readjust the cushions. When we both get up, I see something fall like between the cushions. And I'm like, what's this? And I go and he like bends over to look because he didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. I look and I grab it and I pull it up and it is this like black stainless steel men's ring yeah. that looks like an engagement ring, like yeah. a, a man's engagement ring or a, a man's wedding band yeah. is what it looks like. And both of us are like, what is that? <laughs> and then he was like, that's a, that's a dude's ring. And I was like, yeah, I wonder whose it is. And then both of us immediately just start like, going off on my, you know, imaginary fiance that I have that yeah, I've been yeah, keeping yeah. secret <laughs> from Jackson. <laughs> um, and both of us are just like laughing so hard about it. And then, and then he goes, but like, whose is it? <laughs> He's like, but like on the rail, <laughs> yeah. like, do I have something to be worried about? Yeah, he was like, uh, this could be very sketchy, Ashley. And I was like, <laughs> right. Like, I don't, I have no idea. And in my head, I'm like thinking of every guy in my life and I'm like but literally like really none how many of them men would have, have come been to over. Your house. Yeah, like I don't have I that say. many even the guys that have come over like my guy friends like 
it wasn't recently. Wait, it was a while ago. Wait, you sent me a picture of the ring. Yeah, I literally sent it to everyone because me and you went to Remy's birthday party the night before. And it was like, come in black, red, or yeah. whatever. And I was like, I maybe Taryn brought like a black chunky ring. I do ring. have more of like a chunky, more like manly ring vibe. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> so maybe she that. brought jewelry to like yeah. accentuate the like all black attire. Accentuate my knuckles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I messaged Ollie, who's like a friend of ours, who is notorious for his all black yeah, fits. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, maybe it's his. But I literally have never had him over. I was like, maybe Alicia had him over while I was traveling. Yeah. Um, I I messaged Murph because he has been over a couple times. Yeah, and like lounged on the couch, and I thought maybe it was his. And then like we end up watching TV and like forgetting about it. And I sent my text out, and then like as I'm sitting there, I'm going through my head, and I'm like, who the who was in my house? No, it gets a little scary when you're like, wait, but I really don't know. I don't know, and like I know me and Jackson were joking, but I was like. But on really, I don't know whose ring this is. And this yeah. is really uncomfortable. And I'm just imagining like a maintenance guy like getting in my house and like <laughs> hanging out while I was in Africa. <laughs> like just like doing all these things. And then I remember that me and TK did a house swap. And PK came with her, her brother. Oh. And I messaged him and I'm like, hi, is this your ring? And he goes, hey, yeah. <laughs> Weird. I would never even guess him. I don't think no, I've ever it's seen not a ring his on style. him. No. It's not his style. I didn't think it was his style at all. It at definitely all. is like a sleek. We'll post the photo of the ring. Um, it's definitely like a sleek, like brushed metal, all black wedding yeah. band is what it looks yeah. like. And so I didn't even put it. I didn't even put him in the category of people no, to ask. Absolutely um, not. And it turns out that it was his. But wow. it, literally, I went for probably four hours before like I even thought about him and got his response and it was just and Jackson's just like watching her every move yeah (laughs) Yeah. like like, she's being suspicious uh, this is really weird which is funny because you would be the type that like if someone accused you of something you would start acting suspicious because you were so just thrown off by like being accused of anything yeah even just like us joking about it I was like but I don't have an answer (laughs) like I don't know whose it is like part of you be honest. Yeah. Do part of you be like, you jealous? Yeah. <laughs> you care? Uh, nah, I wasn't. Maybe a little. I love making people jealous. I and I like, know that's a toxic you don't like, thing it to could, say. It's, but a, it's a man's ring in, my, in yeah. my house. You don't like it. But, like, you shouldn't like it. My ex was that, that, like, movie response, right? Where I'd be like, that guy's totally hitting on me. And he'd be like, okay. And I'd be like, you don't even care. He'd be like, no, like. The fact that other people think my girlfriend's hot is like a compliment to me. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that I don't care if I'm hot. <laughs> I want you to be threatened. I need you to be upset. That right someone now. does not someone's like hitting on me. But yeah. he'd just be like, I'm so secure. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, well, congratulations. You need to calm down. Congratulations. <laughs> um, wow, that's so cool. I know, so funny. You found out whose it was. Imagine if you never did, that would freak me out. <sighs> Dear God, yeah. I, I I started panicking towards the end because I I was like I have no answer. I don't have men over. Yeah. So clearly someone broke into my place. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm convinced there's hidden cameras in my apartment just because I'm paranoid about everything. So like every once in a while, I'll just like flip off the vent above my bed because I'm like, if someone's watching, also, I want them those, to think I know. Have you seen those TikToks where people find like Yeah, I, I want to order. They have one on Amazon. It's like something you put on your phone. Yeah. And then it's like some type of filter that makes it show. Yeah, I definitely want to. I'm gonna order that right take now. Take a look. <laughs> Hold please. <laughs> Hold please. <laughs> Security. 
Um, you know what's funny though is because I'm a daydreamer, so I play out scenarios in my head, and I've totally had this conversation with myself of like, what would I do if I found a camera? Mm-hmm. Because if there was a camera, that means it's someone that the building hired. So technically, right. it's their responsibility. Contractor, plumber, and I think like that. I would totally be like, "Hey, look, if you just let me live here for free, yeah, I'm cool with it. Yeah, <laughs> just get it out. Yeah, I'm not gonna report it. Yeah, yeah. If I got free rent from it, absolutely. Yeah, but then I guess that's irresponsible because then the cops should know so that they could catch them. Well. Maybe you go six months with free rent and then you tell Then be like, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wanted to say, um, so one of one of like the number one things I get asked questions about, even like from the podcast or Instagram or whatever, is people always want to know how how I like dealt with binge eating and like how I overcame it. Mm. Um which I'm not perfect. I'm I'm very aware. Like I still will have hiccups and whatever. But I do feel like I'm on the flip side of it. Like yes. I've done the work. Whatever. Um, I posted a video. I have not promoted prom- promoted it. I haven't promoted it. Promoted 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 it. Um, both of those are right. Right. Promoted promoted. Okay. Um, <laughs> wow. But I did post a video on my channel of like my top five tips Mm -hmm. that I would that helped me get over it so um if you are listening and you're one of those people that have been asking like what do I do I would love tips it's on my YouTube channel so I just wanted to say that because that was like genuinely just a video I did because I've been asked so many times so I really like like, I hear you I see you yeah here's my answer if if someone has if you've been asking it is up and it's just my personal five things that really helped me. So I just wanted to share that. I love that. Yeah. Anyways, that's all I got. <laughs> Perfect. Everything else in my life is exactly the same. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. If you guys have not heard of Book of the Month, where have you been hiding? Me and Ash are both on the journey of trying to be readers. She's definitely there. I'm on my baby steps way there. So obviously we were so pumped to partner with Book of the Month because their mission is to help readers discover new books they love and to promote the work of emerging authors. And guys, they literally make it so easy to decide which book to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles. They pick the five to seven of the best new books for you to choose from. All the books are good, so you cannot go wrong. And they offer great prices on new release hardcover fiction, much cheaper than other options. Shipping is always free and it's super fun. Books are delivered in a bright blue box. A fun app to pick your book and track reading process is available. And they have reading challenges with rewards. My December read was so epic. It was called Butcher and Blackbird. And let me just read the little sentence they give you that totally sold me. Serial killers need love too. Don't take our word for it. Read this biting, steamy, and edgy murderers to lovers tale. Like, come on. Like, it totally sold me. If you guys would like to check out Book of the Month, just head on over to bookofthemonth.com to pick a book and join Book of the Month. For a limited time, you can join and get the first book for just $5. Just use code unsolicited. 
Again, that's bookofthemonth.com, code unsolicited. Happy reading. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Villa, let's go ahead and get into tearing it up. Um, this is when you guys send in a specifically very funny instance that has happened to you, and we just all get to have a good laugh at it. Um, this one is from Samantha, who said we can use her name. So thank you, Samantha. What up, Sam? Let's get into it. Hi, ladies. Hello. You read my Tearing It Up a couple months ago on the pod, and it made my whole week. I was telling everyone I know about your podcast and the fact that you guys shared my story. It made me feel so special. So thank you. Guess what, Samantha? Two times in a row. Wow. Everyone else is like, freak you, Samantha, and freak you, Ashley and Tearing, because I've written in five times. Yeah. Um, she continues I have another tearing it up for you a little backstory. I went through some mental health discovery in my early 20s my journey started after I had fainted from stress on numerous occasions which averaged out about once a year so it took me a couple years to understand the trigger and some more time to figure out what to do about it since I would go so long between fainting spells I would convince myself that things were better until my body rudely reminded me that things in fact were not (laughs) So in the midst of this discovery, my boyfriend and I started going to our local Planet Fitness to get back into shape. We unfortunately fell victim to the comfortable cushion, i.e. the weight you gain when you get comfortable with a new relationship. On this clear spring Thursday, I decided to brave the Stairmaster, which is not my usual cardio. I avoided it because it brought back memories of high school softball training when we would have to run up and down the stairs, and I would be one of the girls that got winded early and then felt embarrassed watching all the other girls race past me. me. (laughs) But on this day, I was ready for the challenge. Yeah, you were. It was going so well. As most people know, you're pretty high when you're on the Stairmaster. So I had fun looking for my boyfriend and following him while he did his own workout while I was up there like being miserable. Five minutes passed, and I started to feel the burn. Then I started to feel lightheaded. And then my heart was beating so fast and so hard, and I knew the signs. I was about to faint. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So I got down off the Stairmaster. Then suddenly, nothing. I woke up with my knees on the floor and my face planted sideways on one of the stairs (gasps) of the Stairmaster. I'm only out for probably a couple seconds, maybe 10. I take a couple seconds to orient myself and realize that I fainted right at the base of the Stairmaster as I was trying to get down. There are three women who were working out nearby that had to stop and see if I was okay. They alerted the Planet Fitness staff. I felt mortified. It was bad. The staff member arrived shortly. By this point, I was just sitting at the base of the Stairmaster. I told her, 
hey, I don't need an ambulance, but they had preventatively already yeah, called one. Yeah. And she said she wanted to make sure that I didn't drive myself home, which was completely understandable. I gladly told her my boyfriend was at the gym, but in my disoriented state, I couldn't remember what he was wearing or where he was in the gym when I was on the Stairmaster. The staff member couldn't actually go up to every single man at the gym and ask, hey, are you Cameron? (laughs) That would have taken so long. So I gave her the most helpful description my mind could come up with at the time. I said to her, he's a ginger. Oh, that's very, that's very helpful. It worked like a charm. The Planet Fitness staff was able to find my boyfriend quickly and he took me home. I have now figured out how to manage my stress better and it's been almost two years since I fainted. I will occasionally use the Stairmaster at the gym. Dang, dude. I love writing to you ladies, whether you read it on the pod or not, and look forward to your podcast every week. Love, Samantha. That's Thank God she started going down. Imagine. I'm so glad she was aware of the signs because I'm going to be honest. I fill all three of those, and I use the Stairmaster regularly. Yeah. <laughs> I would I mean, have never actually <laughs> stepped down and been like, I'm about to fade. Yeah. I would have just been like, God, I'm out of shape. Do better. You know, yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. that's Push not harder. my first reaction. So I'm so you, glad she knew what hers were. Have you ever fainted? I have never fainted once. I haven't either. I'm going to knock on wood real quick. I do want to know what it feels like. I mean, I think I have a good idea of what it feels like. And um, I've, I've, I think what it feels like, not like I know. Sorry. I feel like I just, that was a whole mess. <laughs> I feel what? like, you know what? when you stand up too quick? <laughs> yeah, like the like. And the lights start to fade and you feel yeah. dizzy. I feel like it's that, but times 10. Yeah. That's just what I always envision. I wonder if it's like, like. When I had my surgery and like went under anesthesia, it was like I just felt like it blinked. Yeah, and then I was like, "Where am I?" Yeah. So I wonder if it's like that because you like black out. It's quick, and I think everyone talks about like a fade, mm-hmm. like like the black kind of like closes in. I think it's something like yeah. that. Well, I'm glad you got down. Also, Oof. the stairmaster. It. I remember the first time I tried it because Ashley was like obsessed with it. We I used to go am. to the gym together. I was on it yesterday. Um, Back in our, we didn't do anything without each other yeah. <laughs> phase of friendship. Um, and she would go on the Stairmaster for like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I hate, I didn't even attempt to because I was like, I don't want to. <laughs> but one day I was like, oh, I'm going to go do it with her. I'm not joking. I hit a minute 30 and I was like, I can't. I'm done. It's, and I was so confused how you did it for as long as you did. It's like, I really, never. really tough. I think... One of the things I personally like about it and why I tend to choose it over other things is it takes so like it takes every muscle in you to like you can't really zone out on the Stairmaster. It's really hard to just kind of like sit there and like walk, you know, Um, and there's so much you can do with it. Like you can go really slow and really sculpt your like like lift your leg and your butt. You can like do two steps instead of one you can lift your leg you can go sideways there's so much you can do on the stairmaster yeah um or if you're just trying to burn calories you hop on that baby for 30 minutes i could never way way better than like just like the treadmill i think the longest i made it was 15 and and i genuinely thought i was having a heart attack yeah it's tough genuinely that's but that's what i mean like the flags that she was like saying yeah, i was like, like i feel that, I feel I that feel every that time every day <laughs> just getting out of bed sometimes yeah. <laughs> Yeah, rough. Wow, oh, well, man. I'm glad you're alive. Yeah, and congrats on on two tearing it ups on the pod. Yeah, it's pretty Thank great. Thank God your boyfriend's a ginger. <laughs> yeah. Easily, so identifiable. easily identifiable. Um, cool. Well, should we jump into story? Let's do it. Okay, mine's kind of a little shorty. 
but it has to do with therapy, which we love to talk we about. We love it. So. Okay. Hi, Taryn and Ash. First of all, I'd like to be anonymous, but y'all can know my name. It's... It was a loud whisper, but Michaela, you can just bleep that out. I'm a 22-year-old who just graduated from college. I'm an Enneagram 4 wing 5. Ash? Uh, So if you guys don't know, Taryn and I love the Enneagram. I feel like it's the best way to learn about the people in your life as well like as yourself. Um, The 4 is known as the romantic. They're usually very artsy. They love to be... um, very individualistic and authentically themselves. They prioritize being individuals and 90% of the time won't hang out with other people like them because they want to be the most unique person in their friend group Mm -hmm. Um, and are usually very talented uh, musically or like painters or actors or something like that. Very in touch with their emotions and tend to be a little... um, too emotional to most people like that's what people would categorize them as yeah um ash thought i was a four (laughs) yes when i first (laughs) met taryn and well actually no when i first got into the enneagram i was like taryn's a thousand percent a four like it just it did you think i was a four up until i took the test yeah and then when i said i was a two were you surprised no because i also thought you were a two but i just thought you were a four more um when you when you said you were a two and then I reread it with you like in mind, I I saw it. Yeah. So I was like, I will it. say my two, seven and four were very, very, very close. Mm. But two outweighed it. Mm-hmm. So I could see why you would say that. Yeah. yeah. And the whole like <laughs> over emotional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. I understand. It checks out. But most people are over emotional to you. To me, yeah. I'm very <laughs> dis- me, yeah. disconnected to my emotions. So in general, most people need to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> but um, having gotten to know Taryn um, so much, I was like, oh, she's artsy. Like, she's a musician. She's a singer. She's very emotional. Also very in touch with her emotions. Not just emotional, but like, yeah. can't, like, can, like, point out what's going on with you easily yeah. and can also like find it in others so I just was like easy you're yeah. four um not just like oh you're too emotional yeah um but yeah it's funny because I remember I had a conversation with one of our mutual friends this was like years ago but they were like yeah like um they said something about how like they notice you don't like to talk about like um or like you don't like to get very emotional mm-hmm. and it was so funny because We've had a lot of emotional conversations. Like yes. you've you've definitely shared your emotions with me, but I like forced my way into that. Like yeah. I I literally like kicked down the doors. Yeah. And it's so funny when I think back to some of our first conversations. Like I think I could tell I shocked you because mm-hmm. I'm thinking specifically, and I won't say what we were talking about, but I feel like you'll remember we were driving somewhere far. And I just like straight up looked at you and asked you like a very personal question. And I could tell you like you kind of like stuttered and then answered. And then your response was like, I've never talked about this like with anyone. Like it was very. Was it about sex? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And and I, I, I remember like at that moment I was like, I, I felt you opening up uh-huh. and being very like. Cautious. Like a a newborn calf. (laughs) Just like, uh, like this is weird for me. Yeah. And for me, that was when I really was like, I felt connected to you because I felt you trusting me enough to like 
talk to me about stuff. Yeah. And then from there, like, I just don't, I just don't have an off switch. Like, I'm just like, I want to know <laughs> what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Like, yeah. that's just how I am. But I think people like that are incredible. And I'm sorry we're going on a tangent right now. Yeah, but I just <laughs> had a conversation recently with TK. And I would put the both of you in the same category in that you guys tend to ask very personal questions just straight up. And it throws people off. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. I don't mean it throws people off in a bad way, but like it could be an abrasive thing, though. I will true. say, yeah. But like me, me, TK, and Jackson just traveled to South Africa together and back for like I'm like ten days, so we spent a lot of time together. And TK, who um, has been on our podcast before, she's a friend of ours, um, is really great at asking questions mm-hmm. like Taryn, and usually very like deep questions, like really trying to get to know you. And she knows my boyfriend, but. She knows my boyfriend really well now because we spent so much time together and she was asking him a lot of questions and he was answering straight, like, just like honestly and authentically. And I looked at the both of them at one point and I was like, I'm learning so much about Jackson right now. (laughs) And she was like, girl, you got to ask this stuff. And I was like, I would if it came up naturally. I'm just not the type of person to straight up ask. And there is something really beautiful and just like putting it out there and seeing what someone does because I learned so much. No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like, no. wow. Totally. And I think, I think sometimes when you tiptoe too much around difficult subjects, it gives people enough time to think and be like, I don't know if I want to talk about this. So I'm preparing my answer and I'm yes. preparing like how I'm going to change the subject. It's almost so better sometimes to just when put you're it just, out there. You rip the bandaid off. You usually get a more genuine response. Yeah. I've learned. Um, but yeah, anyways, wow, big tangent, but yeah. we'll continue. We should, I feel like we should do another, cause we did a whole series on the Enneagram a yeah. while ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. but we should do like an Enneagram We episode. should do another one because that was fascinating. That you was guys so loved it. Actually, that was during COVID. That was years ago. Yeah. And we would uh, episode for every number, right? We should do that again. Yeah. That'd be fun. If you guys want another like fully focused Enneagram series, let us know because <laughs> let us know. that was a blast. Um, okay, wow. Anyways, Back I'm in Enneagram the- <laughs> 4 wing 5, so that's <laughs> cool, cool. what started. Um, before I get to my story, here is my rant about how much I love the pod. I started listening in 2020 and haven't missed an episode since. Nice. Your honesty and the care you have for your listeners is inspiring. Hmm. I feel like y'all are the older sisters I've always wanted. I also love both of your YouTube channels, and Taryn, your openness on your channel inspired me to open up to my family about my mental health struggles for the first time. I love you both so much. That is like so. That's huge. Yeah, I love that. Um, Now on to why I would like your advice. I'm in a season of transition and change, having just graduated, and with that has come a lot of anxiety. Mm. I'm currently working as an intern with a campus ministry at my college. It's been a great experience, but I will be moving on to either grad school or a job next fall. I'm having trouble connecting to my coworkers, friends, and roommates. Even when I'm surrounded by people, I feel alone. I feel sad, and then I feel guilty about being sad because from the outside, it probably looks like I'm living my best life. I'm living with my best friends, and I love my job, but I feel disconnected and sad and anxious about the future. Even little things that go wrong throughout my day set me off into a spiral. I've considered going to therapy to address my feelings of sadness and and anxiety, but every time I talk myself out of it and convince myself that it's not that serious, how can I be confident enough to know if therapy is the right option? And how can I be brave enough to take that step without worrying about what others might think? I hope this wasn't too long. 
even if you long I know it's like the shortest song we've ever <laughs> got in our lives even if y'all don't read this on the pod it helped me to write it out with love anonymous got it this is like this is the easiest one we will ever answer yeah yeah because it's should I go to therapy yeah I don't even have to know your problems yeah absolutely yeah should you go to therapy if you've had trauma duh should you go to therapy if you had a paper cut? Yes. Like, it's it's such an easy bottom line answer. And the one thing I will say is I don't think there's a stigma around therapy like there used to be. Oh, that that ship sailed once COVID hit. Yes. <laughs> like, and it was already on its way out and then COVID hit. And now everyone's like, oh, pro-therapy for sure. Absolutely. And something, it's so funny because... Um, I mean, if you've been listening a while, you know I work with kids and families who have like developmental delays. So mm-hmm. one of the conversations I always have with parents is I'm like, don't make any of the services that the kids have seem like a hush-hush thing. Mm-hmm. Like be like, hey, you're going to speech therapy today. Like, yeah. yay. Like tell your friends like, oh, I'm going to speech today. Like don't make it seem like this shameful Secret. thing. Because yeah. even from childhood, I think we need to start redirecting the way we think about those things. Yeah. Um, and I think even therapy, us who who I would say like that stigma came from our like parents generation. Yes, I agree. Even us who like were more open to it. Like I still like I'm like, oh, like I can talk about that openly. Like yeah. that's something that I had to like also adjust to just being like a millennial, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. Also, like I think it's funny. Like when I talk about my therapist, I'll be like, yeah, me and Deborah, like and I'll just yeah. like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. uh, which I'm not with Deborah anymore. R.I.P. Uh. But um. Wait, she didn't die. <laughs> oh, I was like, what is happening she, right now? <laughs> she did not die. I just mean we're not. Anyways. Um, but I think therapy is such a beautiful thing. And it's it, you're in complete control of what you want it to be. Yeah. So if you want to do it forever, cool, do it forever. If you want to just go and like hash out what you're feeling, do mm-hmm. it. But either way, if you have a desire to go to therapy, don't think about it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Also, well, you go first because I have another thought, but I don't want to just talk the whole time. <laughs> Sorry. Sometimes I get like so passionate and I forget to like take a breath. So go. there's definitely um, there's definitely a thing where people think that you have to go through something serious to need therapy. Yes. Like there's something. Wow, great point. There's like a requirement of having to have experienced something yes. heavy before you're allowed to go to therapy. Like that, I think that's how a lot of people viewed it. I think that's how I viewed it. Even like I, I was always pro therapy. I just never thought I needed it because I hadn't, I didn't need to process anything. Yeah. You know, I didn't need to figure something out. Um, and if there's anything I've learned over these last few years of being in therapy, out of therapy, back in therapy, um, is that it doesn't, it's not necessarily the big things that you need to unpack, even though those are necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the times, the most transformational conversations I had with my girl, Sarah. We love uh, Sarah. We love Sarah. Love Sarah. Um, was when I didn't really have anything to talk about and we really just talked about me. Yeah. And 90% of the time I was talking about family stuff, friends stuff, work stuff, like something specific that I was trying to work through. Yeah. If I ever came and I was like, I don't really have much today. And she was like, cool, let's talk about you. That's when I would cry. Like that's when I would have like the biggest moments. Mm -hmm. And it's so cool because there wasn't something specific I was looking for. And it was just me talking about me and getting to know me. So if you're waiting for something big to happen to give you an excuse to go to therapy or give you a reason to go to therapy, stop wasting your time and just go. Because I think you would, I think it would shock you what you would learn about yourself if you would just like open yourself up to it. Absolutely. 
Um, I have an analogy, mm. and I feel like this is gonna help. Mm. I'm about to break your brains. <laughs> okay, so if let's look, okay, let's look at just a pain scale, right? Mm. You know how the doctor's always like one to ten. One to ten. How are you feeling? If I lived in a bubble, mm. like literally covered in saran wrap, and then one day I went to go out the door and my finger got smashed in the door. That in my life would be the most pain I had ever experienced. Mm -hmm. So that would be the most painful thing. Mm -hmm. Like you can't argue that. Yeah. That my most painful thing was getting my finger slammed in the door. Mm -hmm. Now you might be a professional skateboarder, you've broken your ribs, you've got concussions, you've done whatever, or I mean, even you could have had trauma. You could have been tortured. You could have been whatever. So mm -hmm. your what you went through, if if I look at them side by side, yes, absolutely, I can acknowledge that you've been through something worse than me. Mm -hmm. But what I went through, even though it was tiny, is still the worst thing that I went through mm -hmm. and deserves the attention I need to give it. Yeah, I'm not going around comparing my pain to yours. I'm not going around saying like labeling it certain things if it's not. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There are sensitivities that are there. For sure. But if I'm not acknowledging what I've been through, then I'm doing a disservice to myself too. Right. And in therapy, my therapist really had to work with me on that because anytime I would say something I was struggling with because I, I had just gone through my breakup. Mm -hmm. And so I would go to talk about it, but I would immediately end the sentence with, but I know people have gone through so much worse and I know this is just, yeah. it's just a breakup, it's just whatever. Yeah. And I remember she stopped me one time and was like, Taryn, that was really hard what you went through. Yeah. And I'm so sorry, that was really hard. And she kept saying it over and over and I was so uncomfortable with what mm -hmm. she was saying. But then there was this moment where I felt this freedom to actually acknowledge it was really hard what I was going through. Yeah. And I was like on the floor sobbing. Yeah. Because I think there's so much injustice and there's so much ugly in the world that we feel this like pull of, well, I can't complain about what I've been through because so many people have gone through worse than me. And yes, you need to be able to recognize that and to recognize that people have had it way worse than you and deserve so much more than they've been given. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you don't acknowledge and like doctor your own injuries, you're just going to build on that. Yeah. So it's, you can do both at the same time. Like you don't have to always like separate them. So, um, or you separate them, but still address the two. So yeah. I think with therapy, I think this is why people struggle and are like, should I go or not? Mm -hmm. I just have been, been feeling a little down or I've been reacting to things a little more than I should. Well, yeah. yes, because something's going on within you. Yeah. It doesn't mean you don't deserve to get help or to invest in yourself. Right. You know? No, I a thousand percent agree. And I think genuinely, and I'm not just saying this, I think everyone should go to therapy at least once in their life. Yep. Um, I don't think literally nothing bad can come from you learning more about yourself Absolutely. or more about the people in your close circle um, or even just diving into like your past or just talking about your future. Like yeah. it, there's nothing bad that can come only good. Yeah. And I don't, I don't see why anyone should um, 
neglect that or like yeah. keep themselves from experiencing that. I think it's it's all good. Do you have to go every single week for years and years? No, but like, yeah. should you try it? Yes. Yeah. And I think you'd be really happy if you do. I think something that people forget about is that these these people cannot talk about what you talk about. Oh, there's something so amazing about I, that. I have shared some of my I have a weird mind. Like uh-huh. I think about weird things and then I worry that that is a sign that I'm like a serial killer or something, that you're right? Not normal. Yeah. So, my therapist, it took me a while to feel comfortable with her, but I would go in and I would just be like, hey, I've been having a lot of like these thoughts, like is something wrong with me. Yeah. And first of all, they if you have a good therapist, they don't look at the stuff you talk about as like, oh, my God, weird. They're looking like, OK, like, let's dig. Let's figure yeah. out what this is. They're thinking they're looking like strategically. Right. So. All of those things that you're like, I can't tell my friends this because they're going to judge me. Like in therapy, it's a safe place to just say whatever you're thinking and feeling. So either way, I just think I I don't think there's a bad thing about therapy minus if you get paired. I think there are bad therapists out there. So I think you need to find the one that works for you. Mm -hmm. But therapy in general, I think is huge. Oh, life changing. All this to say anonymous. Do it. Go to therapy. We support it. Go to therapy. We're I'm not, currently we don't just support it. We're telling you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. Love that. Wow. Everyone listening who was like, <laughs> I need to go to therapy is like, and I'm And calm. I guess I'm going. And Yelp. <laughs> and Yelp. <laughs> Where's the nearest therapist? Okay. All right, Ash. Okay, you ready us. for my story? Yep. I'm actually really excited about this one because we're switching it up from our usual, our usual conversations. It's not um, about dating. <laughs> no relationship stuff. No. Wow. At all. Not this one. T. Um, well, kind of, but not a relationship that you think. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's get into it. Hey, friends. Just like everyone else that writes in stories, I must gas y'all up and say that I am obsessed, they write in all caps, Wow. with all of your content you both put out. Ash, you are literally my icon. Every time I watch your YouTube videos, I leave so inspired to live a happier, healthier lifestyle. And Taryn, I am in awe and jealous of the way you are so unapologetically yourself. You both are such a huge inspiration to me. I'm going to need a minute. (laughs) That was that was the most beautiful compliment to both of us. I know. (laughs) Thank you. That was beautiful. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Continuing on with her story. Now it's time for the tough stuff. Oh, wait. Did you literally just have I to read literally one sentence? I literally skipped the whole thing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is the best part. <laughs> I feel so stupid. Don't feel stupid. Oh, it's, it's, you'll see. Now it's time for the tough stuff. My name is Ashley. And yes, you can use my name. Okay, maybe feel like so yeah. lightly stupid. Hey, Ash. <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> um, she writes, I am a two hey. wing one and I am 23. So you're Taryn, personality-wise. I can relate to half of that. Uh, <laughs> One and, third of that. Yes, and she's 23. Um, and she writes, boundaries are the something that I genuinely struggle with, mostly because I care more about others than I tend to care about myself. Hello, two? No, that's Enneagram literally, two? I was like, if that's not the most, like, two statement, mm-hmm. I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. 
Um, she continues, recently I was a part of a church plant and for the sake of their privacy, I won't expose the location or names at this church. I was heavily involved in almost everything and was a part of the children's ministry and praise team, media team, welcoming team, and so much more. Dang. Along with this, I was involved in a couple of Bible studies, a small group and a discipleship group. Jeez. Mm. I feel like that's very church planty, though. Like, yes, when it's you're small, small and everyone's, like everyone's doing wearing 12 yeah. hats. Yeah, I've literally been there. <laughs> um, when I started noticing some red flags within the leadership of this of this church, Oof. I voiced my concern with someone I trusted deeply. She then encouraged me to talk to someone in leadership about my concerns. The more I started to talk about these red flags, the more leadership would try to control my personal life. I was being told who I can and cannot be friends with mm-hmm. and that I needed to break up with my boyfriend because he didn't attend that church. Huh? I was not allowed to go out with friends and have the typical, she puts in quotes, girls night out. Poor Kay. Because that was considered <laughs> sinful. Huh? I was told that my dream of becoming a travel nurse needs to cease to exist because I was it wasn't the plan intended for my life. They were in control of my budgeting and how I was allowed to spend my money, along with so much more disgusting things to control me and make sure I didn't rebel against the church. What on? Yeah. What in the cult? I was going to say, that's not a church. That's a cult. That's not a church. (laughs) Eventually, I had to set some boundaries because they had too much control over my life. Good girl. Jeez. And when those boundaries were set in place, I got removed from literally everything that I was involved in there. So essentially, I got excommunicated and was told that my disagreements with leadership was defiant against God and that they were not going to tolerate it. The only way I would not be allowed back is if I had a change of heart, she puts in quotes. She continues, I know both of you have attended or have been a part of church of a church before. So that is specifically why I wanted to reach out because I have a couple of questions. One. Is this normal for a church? (laughs) I mean, no, but yes, which is sad. (laughs) I felt really connected when I was involved. Not me answering immediately. (laughs) Uh, Continuing on the one question, she writes, I felt really connected when I was involved in everything, and I would like to find a new place to attend, but that fear is very prominent and holding me back a little bit. Rightfully so. And naturally so. Yeah. Two, what are healthy ways to implement boundaries in relationships with myself, with organizations? Mm. I just don't know how to do it in a way that is beneficial for everyone involved. I am so sorry that this is kind of lengthy, but thank you so much for taking the time to read my email. I hope to hear it on the podcast soon. Y'all keep shining bright. Much love, Ashley. Which, first of all, let me just go ahead and say, your guys' stories are never too long. No, you I, need to stop apologizing. Some, <laughs> there are some, I'm not going to lie, yeah. that are like novels. Yeah. But it's always funny because the ones that apologize for being too long. They're usually pretty short or just like the perfect length. Yeah. So one, don't apologize. Um, two, I really love that you feel safe and open talking about this because I feel like this is stuff that people don't talk about yeah, a lot. And I love that I you agree. sent it in because um, Taryn and I have both had our own church experiences mm-hmm. um, and still have our church experiences. And I think it's something that that people in church or in religion um, need to talk about. Like it's so what you're talking about. You're not the first person I've heard no. about stuff like this. And it's going to continue to happen. I was going to say, and you won't be the last. <laughs> it's not going to end. And I think yeah. I think something that we as uh, 
people need to recognize is that the church, any organization, any religion um, that you go to is still made up of people. Yes. And it will forever be faulty because of that. So I think we need to take, uh, you need to take, and this is something I have, I have had to like practice too, is, is taking my, my faith. This sounds weird. I probably won't word it right, but taking my faith like out of the church because like my faith is in God and I love that and I love being rooted in that and I've I've had to like separate it from the church because of how many things and experiences I've lived through going through church yeah and recognizing that hey I, I can go to church and I can attend church and I can be deeply involved I have I have been involved in all of those things that she yeah. listed literally every single one and um, and I can't let that affect my my personal f- belief and my personal faith because every time I've gone to a church, there's been things that I've seen where I've just been like, okay, that's mm-hmm. not okay. Yep. And sometimes I've had to leave. And I've I one of the biggest things that happened in my family's experience at one of the first churches, the church that my parents met at, the church that I grew up at, was this huge excommunication of my parents Yeah. Um, because of some very toxic things that the church was doing, including yeah. controlling who they were friends with, yeah. including telling them how to finance. Like, oh, it got bad, and my parents had to leave. And it, was, it wasn't even like they had to leave. They were told to leave. Yeah. Like, it was like... Which, knowing was your such, parents, I'm like... It's crazy. Who on earth yeah. would like, they're the most like <laughs> sweetest, God loving, yeah, beautiful people. It's crazy. Ugh. But like all that to say, like their church, church can be just as messed up as any other thing. Yeah. And it's, it's good to go into it with boundaries. Yeah. And I think the best thing to do, and I think this can go like with dating, this can go with work related stuff is to sit down and figure out what sits right with you. Yeah. Like what is okay for a church to tell you to do and what is not. And yeah. then you just simply got to find somewhere somewhere that fits within those boundaries of yours because there are very hands-on churches and there are very hands-off churches yeah. and you got to find the right one. You know, th- this is a topic. I, I kind of love that we're talking about it because I think it's a topic that's easy to shy away from nowadays because it is not a good time to be a Christian right now because there is so much hurt and ugliness that is tied to that word Mm -hmm. because of dumb, terrible people. Mm -hmm. And I think that 90% of the time identify as a Christian, but aren't actually a practicing Christian. And you know, it's, it's so funny. (laughs) That's like, that's the religion they click because their grandmother like was. Yeah. (laughs) And it's so funny because you know, when people talk to me about why they hate the church or Christians, most of the times I sit and I'm like, I 1000% agree, mm-hmm. like 1000%. And and I think that everything is so skewed. And I think that like, I think that the Bible people forget <laughs> was written forever ago mm-hmm. in a culture completely different than now in a time and different. a time that's different than now and I think like when Jesus spoke he used parables a lot because I think it's meant to sit with you and you figure like it's meant to pull different things out of different people yeah and he was and, also talking to a group of people that were 
90% illiterate, like didn't, weren't educated in any way. So that's how you, that's how you spread knowledge was through stories. And like, I mean, there's, cause I think it's the, it's so funny when I tell people this, they're like, huh? But I actually am a biblical studies major. (laughs) I minored in theology. (laughs) um, Like I literally could have been a pastor, but I said no. And they thought that was the weirdest thing. But I I went to a Bible school, so I didn't have a choice. That was like the only major they had, Um, which is just, anyways. Um, (laughs) And the when my favorite classes were the ones where you like looked at actually the culture that it was written in mm-hmm. and what those things meant specifically in the time they were written and it's totally different than what we take it as now mm-hmm. so i think like i don't know to me it is so simple it is so freaking simple like there are a few times in the bible where god is straight up asked what is most important, right? Mm-hmm. Or Jesus. And he says, love God and love people. Mm-hmm. Then there's another part in the Bible where it specifically, specifically breaks down what love is, yeah. right? Patient. It's, it's kind. kind. <laughs> it's all these things, right? So when people tell me when they attack homosexuality or they attack people for their opinions, the way they live their life, all these things, and, and when I listen to how they are attacking them, for me, I sit back and I'm like, that is not love. So you're not doing what you're called to do. Yeah. Like, there's no excuse. Yeah. And so, and if you're sitting in a room, like, say you go out to dinner, right, with mm-hmm. a group of people. If Ashley sits and tells someone, hey, I'm, I'm so sorry for what you're going through and Um, I know we have differing opinions, but if you want to talk, I would love to share with you like what I think. I would love to hear what you have to say and we can just talk because Mm -hmm. I love you and I want to be here for you. Yeah. But then I'm sitting two feet from her standing up going, you're going to hell. Right. Who are you going to hear? Yeah. You're going to hear me and everyone's going to walk away talking about me because the loud ridiculous people of the world are the ones that are heard. Mm -hmm. What are all the videos on TikTok and everything? It's all the Karens being nasty. You don't see videos of people that are coming alongside and like helping out people because it's not entertaining. It's not loud. So that is what is spreading everywhere. And it is so opposite of what I believe is true. Mm -hmm. And especially when it comes to the church, the church is meant to be a a place that anyone can come to And feel loved and supported and accepted. And and we're supposed to be going out into the community and doing all these things. Mm-hmm. It's not a you have to be perfect before you come in. It's a come as you are. Like, yeah. it's so freaking clear to me. So the fact that, like, it, there's the opposite response and that the church is controlling people and making people do what they want. And our church is better than their church and all these things. It's not what it was meant to be Mm-mm. at all. Yeah. So shame on these people. Yeah. And I think that they will be held so accountable someday for what they're doing because they're spreading the opposite of what was meant to be. Yeah. And it breaks, it breaks my heart. Yeah. It breaks my heart because it's not, it's not doing any good and it's leaving People like Ashley, mm-hmm. who are like, I'm so confused <laughs> because yeah. I'm giving my life to this thing that I believe in, but I'm just being slapped in the face over and over. Yeah. And like, how do you balance that? Like, oh, it's just sickening to me. Yeah. Ugh, it's oh, terrible. It's it's tough. And I think something that I've learned over the years, and I'm not kidding, I've been to and a part of so many different churches. Um 
And like even growing up, like I was super involved in one of them. The pastor had this weird falling out thing and mm. like got caught cheating. And it was this whole disaster. Yeah. It was a small church basically imploded. Went to a, a, that was a small church. Went to a mega church. The exact same thing yeah. happened a couple years later. It was crazy. And then I ended up going to another church where that was a more mid-sized church. And um, the pastor had this whole like, uh, I can't even go into detail. It was so bad. Mm. So it ended up leaving. And um, going to a super small church where, where I would say it was more on the culty side. Yeah. And that was walking away from that was one of the craziest things. And one of my friends found ugh, I can't even ugh, it was so bad. Like one of my friends yeah. caught her husband going through something. Um, and so she was choosing to divorce him. And the church said she couldn't. And. I had been there at that church, supporting that church, helping it grow. It was I was a small planted church yeah. also. And like watching all of that stuff unfold really put a bad taste in my mouth, but also taught me something. I think because I was raised in church, I had created a bad pattern of just sitting and not actively listening. Yeah. And I think what all of these instances at all these churches taught me is that I need to be sitting down and I need to be researching the pastor. I need to be researching the board who has way more control than yep. you think. Like yep. you need to be looking at the worship team and like watching the people that greet you. And like, does that, what resonates yeah. there? Like, what are you feeling there? And if you can say that you fully like back everything about that church, including the people that are serving like in like the main, the main chairs, then like, I think that's the place for you. And, and if you sit there and you're hearing something that doesn't fully resonate, don't just ignore it because <laughs> yeah. everyone else is there listening. No, like jot it down. Ask your friend sitting next to you. Hey, what do you think he meant by that? You know, like talk about yeah. it because like, maybe let it that be was like something. a starting point because I mean, like you said, like it's pe all, all of us have a tendency to do things that we know is wrong, but like we're weak, we're humans, mm -hmm. right? So it's, it's more about, like, for me, I think the church needs to stop telling everyone else what they're doing wrong mm -hmm. and creating a support system for their leadership mm -hmm. that is vulnerable and honest and supportive and looking out for people. It's like what we've talked about so many other times, like when um, when cheating happens, for instance, mm -hmm. like. I, I genuinely believe you can trace every terrible thing that you've ever done. You can trace back to tiny, 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 minute decisions that you had no idea were leading down a path. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's like we have, you know, these men that are in power and then we have all these like church groupies that are like, yeah, we just want a man exactly like you and throw themselves, yeah. which is not a typical thing that a man should have to like would go through in normal life, right? Mm -hmm. Same with like professional athletes and like all these things. Mm -hmm. Like we're not meant to be getting that level of attention, right? right. Like yeah. I don't know what I would do if yeah. I had like every man yeah. coming at me. Uh-huh. Girl, <laughs> girl, <laughs> game over. <laughs> so instead we expect perfection, but we don't have tough conversations. We don't provide support systems. Mm -hmm. If, you know, I've heard some pastors talk about how they will never travel alone. Like they have someone in their hotel room, no matter where they go, even if it's just overnight, whatever. And people look at that and are like, oh my gosh, your wife must be so controlling. But it's like, no, they've chosen like 
I know that there's weakness that can happen and I'm being proactive to like never put myself in a position. Mm-hmm. So it's like instead of doing that kind of like support and 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 having hard conversations and being vulnerable with leaders, we're busy telling everyone else in the community mm-hmm. how they're so terrible. And it's yeah. just like with and this is not even church. I think there's so many toxic environments that people can be in. A thousand percent. This isn't just a work. You know, how many times does like inappropriate stuff happen at work and you feel like you can't say anything and Mm -hmm. you get stuck? It's just in general, I think that people are messed up and I think it's important to remember that. Let's let's just accept that right now and just move forward with that knowledge because like just even, even the situation I went in where the pastor ended up having this like horrid affair that like had been going on for a long time does it suck yes the way they handled it was so bad yeah I would have loved if he walked up on stage and was like hey I'm not gonna be giving the sermon today I just wanted to come out and say I like something happened and take responsibility yeah here's what happened you don't have to he doesn't have to go into details no one wants the details but you can say like hey I cheated it went wrong. Like I'm admitting to like what I did and here's what I'm doing to fix it. I'm going to be stepping down for a little bit while I figure things out. And, and like, but like be honest, like yes. don't, don't try to preach that you're still, you're still in God's favor and like life is going on as normal and that yeah. you're perfect. Cause you're not like, I would have much rather him come out and been vulnerable. And I guarantee the church would have responded way better <laughs> if yeah. he had just done that. And then I think what's important too is after that happens, how do we then come along all these people who are grieving because mm-hmm. they put their faith in someone in a person who, in a human, which leadership in general, mm-hmm. there is a higher expectation on you. Mm-hmm. So when leadership messes up, I think it's then the responsibility of people to come alongside and be like, OK, like, let's talk about it. Let's have conversations like how do we how do we reshift our focus onto like what we're really here for and not just focus in on the leader and try to be hush hush and try to just pretend nothing happened Mm -hmm. because when something happens in a community no matter what community it is Mm -hmm. there's a grieving process that needs to happen even like at my job there's been things that have happened that i'm like are we not going to talk about it like Mm -hmm. i think we all need to talk about it so i just think i think you need to listen to your gut and i think when when those red flags start to come Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking specifically about Christianity and the church. If you look to the Bible, which is our only like guiding light, right? That's mm-hmm. the only thing like we base anything off of. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't match up. There you go. Yeah. And all of the stuff you just said that you were experienced, there's nowhere in the Bible that that matches up. Yeah. So let's nowhere. go. Let's go through this like by each question. One, is this normal for a church? No, fortunately, but it shouldn't be. <laughs> it yeah. shouldn't be. Yeah, it a thousand percent should not be. Does it happen often? Yes, yeah. and I think you can find people in your life, maybe at the church that you went through, went at, that can connect and, and resonate yeah. on this with you. Um, because it happens regularly, unfortunately, um, because humans are messed up. But two, you should not put up with that. The second you start seeing that yeah. stuff, you should bounce. Um, two, her question was, what are healthy ways to implement boundaries? And she it continues in relationships with herself, with organizations, with churches, yeah. whatever. And it's funny because Tara and I were just talking about this boundaries on the way up here. And I think this is something that only you can come up yes, with. Absolutely. And so what I would do is I would sit down and I would make a list of things 
um, all of the red flags that you noticed um, and, and what sits right with you and what doesn't sit right mm-hmm. with you. For me personally, church should have no say in my finances. Yep. Zero. Yep. If I choose to give to a church, that's because I'm choosing yep. to give to a it's church. A personal decision. They should tell me how much or how often or what organization to give to or what branch of the church to give to. That is my decision. Yep. Um, so any church, in my opinion, that is telling you how to, sp- how to spend your money, that is a bad, yep. big red flag. Um, but also, I don't think a church should tell you anything about your relationships or anything personal in your lifestyle. If you find someone at church who you trust as a role model um, that you feel safe asking those questions to and them giving your advice, awesome. Because yeah. I have met amazing people at church who I would trust with my life. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and But I would trust like a person, not an organization with that yeah. kind of information. Well, and what should happen is you share and they give advice. Yes. It should not be this demanding. Mm-hmm. You need to break up with him. Yes. You shouldn't be friends. Yes. And it should never be because God says so. No. And <laughs> that's just relationally in general. Yes. Yes. I, have, have you done some things, Ashley? I'm speaking specific, mm-hmm. not Ashley, but me. Ashley. <laughs> I'm pointing so aggressively, yeah. but I'm like, they can't yeah. see me. Um, there have been things that have happened in your life that I've not agreed with. Right. Vice versa. There's uh-huh. things that I've done in my life that you've probably been like, girl, like, yeah. no, right? Right. What happens is we ask each other hard questions. Uh-huh. We share out of love what we think if we're worried. Mm-hmm. And then we are just there. Yeah. Like, there have been times where I'm like, oh, I'm so worried this is going to go down a bad, bad path. Uh-huh. I share my two cents out of love. Uh-huh. I ask questions. I keep my eye on you. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, if you continue down a path and you completely implode, then I'm there for you as a friend. Yeah. I'm not sitting there going, I told you so. I'm not yeah. sitting there like passing judgment or being like, nope, you made this mess. Figure it out. Yeah. Like. I'm going to be there for you. Yeah. And that's as a friendship. And I think even like in other relationships too, it's no one's job to look at you and tell you exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. They can offer. And I mean, you know, if you were straight up doing hard drugs and I'm watching you like kill yourself, would, would I be more passionate in what I'm telling you? Of course. Right. But at the end of the day, I can't approach you in this aggressive, judgmental way because you're not going to hear anything that I'm going to say. Like, if I come to you in love, you're going to be so much more receptive. Mm -hmm. And this, I'm talking in general over anything. Like, it's just there is nothing good that can come out of someone trying to control your life in any relationship that you're in. Yeah. And it can create such bad patterns. Mm -hmm. It can create so much damage. And... Most people are numb to whatever people are going to say if you come at it in that way. Yeah. And I think I you guys already know I'm a murderino at heart and I've listened to so many like cult podcasts and how they started. And um, I'm not saying churches, all churches are cults, but there is there is the stereotypical steps that lead up to a cult mentality. And it is putting a human being, yep. a, a faulty human being on a pedestal of a godlike yep. person. All of a sudden they're a celebrity. Mm-hmm. You can't distract them. You don't want to disrupt them. They're untouchable. They're perfect. They are, you know, led by God and and they have, you know, a shining light. You know, wh- yeah. all of this stuff that just totally takes away from um from God. Yeah. And it becomes this staged thing. 
that if you open your eye, if you're in a situation like this, again, Ashley, I guarantee you, it's going to be so clear to you. Yeah. Because if you open your eyes to those realities, when you see it, you'll be like, oof, yeah. something's off here. Yeah. And it's it's keeping that in the back of your mind and remembering, like, I'm here because I believe in God. Yep. And not these people. Like, yeah. I would love to find a church where I where I feel like I resonate and believe the same things with. But it's it's good and it's healthy to sit there and ask questions, yeah. even if you've been going there your whole life. Like, yeah. never stop asking questions. If, if the pastor or whoever is reading a verse from the Bible, you should be reading that same verse from your text yeah. also because words and can get so twisted. the chapter before, the chapter after, doing yeah. research about like, like, don't what's the context. Don't just sit and yeah. intake, intake, intake without actually processing what they're saying. And like the pastor should be, I love when I go to church and a pastor is like sharing about how they struggled with pornography. I'm like, Yes, because you're a human and like people need to remember like we all struggle. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I remember, um, so Judah Smith, I feel like battles that like Mm. where he is a Christian celebrity in most people's eyes. Right. And I remember one there was one Sunday I went and it was someone else preaching. And I mean, the whole room was just like, oh, like so annoyed. Right. And the next week, Judah came, and before he started talking, he addressed it, and he was like, I, I could tell, like, there had must have been this outpouring of people being like, upset. we should know if you're not coming, and, like, upset that he wasn't there. And he said, he was like, I will never tell you ahead of time if I'm going to be here or not, mm-hmm. because it is not about me. Yeah. It is about the message that's coming, and it is about our church. And he was like, he was just hyping up the person who came and shared a beautiful message, yeah. and just saying like, that it is not about me. And I, I do, I do empathize with him because I think because of the people he's involved with, like mm-hmm. he has become this very like put on a pedestal person and I can tell he like tries to fight that Mm -hmm. but I remember having so much respect in that moment for him of him reminding people like it is not about me like it's about our church and no matter who preaches it doesn't change the dynamic of like what we're here to do our purpose yeah but I think you're right when it starts to become we're worshiping a person and not what we're all coming here to have a community to do like Mm -hmm. Big red flag. Yeah. <laughs> Huge red flag. And I guarantee you, Ash, if you keep all of those things, like write it down, make it make it a list and put it in your Bible and bring that yeah. to church. Like put it in your journal and bring it to church so that you can remember to stay active while you're there and yeah. not just passively like be a part of something. Yeah. Um, I think once you know what those lines are for you, it'll be so clear when you walk into a place and it's right. Yeah. Because you'll just be like, oh, ding, 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 ding. This all fits. Absolutely. This all feels right. Yeah. And I feel like for, I mean, for people listening, what I mean, whether you believe what you believe, I think you can take away stuff from what we've been talking yeah, about. any organization. And I think it is like paying attention to your gut mm-hmm. and when you feel a shift of like, I don't think this is right, just because someone is in power over you, that should not silence you. Right. And I think when you feel those things, it's important to figure out what is really going on. If you go to your HR and you report something and they make you feel like you have to be quiet about it mm-hmm. or you start to get docked hours because yeah, you reported. all of a sudden you're not working as all much. All of that stuff is concerning and you should probably find out like how do I get out of here, right? Yeah. So I think in general for anyone listening, listening, this is an important reminder of 
when you start to feel those things before you begin, because us as humans, like we'll normalize whatever we're going through. Yeah. Oh, maybe and then pretty this is soon, normal. Maybe this is what it's actually pretty, like. Yeah. Like even in relationships, like I remember once me and my ex broke up and I started talking about stuff, people were like, that's not normal. I yeah. didn't know because yeah. I had normalized it. Yeah. So when you start to feel a shift, start talking to people mm-hmm. and be like, hey, I've felt weird about this. What's your opinion? Yeah. Because or call, it's important call not the to bury pastor it. out. Like I know most most churches I've ever gone to, the pastor is very accessible and mm-hmm. easy to talk to. If something doesn't sit right with you that he says, walk up and be like, "Hi, I just want some clarification." Yeah. On this specific thing that you said, what do you mean? And yeah. like hear him out. Maybe he misspoke. Maybe he needs to clarify next time he's up there, or maybe it's a red flag and yeah. you don't agree with what he's saying. There's nothing wrong with asking questions, and I think as in general, we all need to continue to ask questions yeah, about no, ourselves and life and relationships yep. and work and especially in the church. Absolutely. Yep. Ugh, I just, I, I genuinely, I just want to apologize. I just feel like every time I hear people saying stuff like that they've been hurt by like Christians or the church, I just like, I get so sad and I just want to hug them and be yeah. like, I'm sorry because it's embarrassing. It's like having like a creepy uncle that you're like, I'm so sorry. Like, I swear yeah. we're normal. Like, it's yeah. just him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and like church stuff is so much worse because yeah. or when it goes wrong in a church versus like your workplace or whatever, it's so much worse because of of the level of trust and yeah. depth that goes into those those Absolutely. places. Um, so Ugh. it's all it always hits a little deeper and hurts a little yeah. harder. Uh, when it's church related. But I love, Ash, that you brought this to yes, our attention, great, that we got to talk topic. about it. This is such a fun topic um, and just different than we normally do. So yeah. thank you so much for sharing. Wow. Let's uh, end in a dad joke. What if it was Let's a church dad it. joke? That would have been fun. That would be great if we had planned <laughs> a little better. It's not. <laughs> Honestly, good. Let's lighten it up. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, okay. I was told not to steal the kitchen utensils, but it's a whisk I'm willing to take. <laughs> Dang it, I messed up. <laughs> Stop, I messed up. I messed up. Wait, start over. Dang it. No, um, leave it. I was told I was told not to steal the kitchen utensils, but it's a whisk I'm willing to take. <laughs> Wait, you said it right the first no, time. No, I said a whisk I'm willing. <laughs> I switched. I knew you meant willing. <laughs> I knew what you meant. Anyways, that was good. Good times. That was a good one. Guys, thank Thanks. you so much for making it to the dad joke. You already know. If you did, we love you the mostest. Um, if you are sitting on a question or have experienced something that's different than we normally talk about, mm-hmm. whether it's you know church related or something completely opposite, I don't know, bass fishing, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it could be anything. Yes. Send in a fishing story. Yeah. <laughs> Please send in a fishing story. Uh, The message to be taken away here is that you can send in anything and we love hearing your stories. So please take this moment to write us. Um, Doesn't matter how long or short it is. Send it in um, because we want it. Yeah, we want it. it. We want it. We want it. That's all. All right. (laughs) The end. We love you. Follow us. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.